Welcome, AfterBuzzers, back for another after show for Silicon Valley here at AfterBuzz TV. It is the season finale, and everything comes together. Tesla's, Jin Yang, and Piper Coin. We've got all that, so stay tuned, and we'll be right back after you kiss my... You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. We do like following the Pied Piper. Yes. We have Jeff Graham. What up, y'all? Jeff Graham here. Nate Miller. Uh, Nate Miller. Christian Blatt. My favorite Red Hot Chili Pepper song is Kiss My Piss. <laughs> and I'm Phil Svitek. Jeff has graciously given me the reins today. I have. I don't know why, but <laughs> I have has. a theory. <laughs> I knew Phil. I, mean, I wanted to let the Richard of our panel bring us home. Fair enough. Because after all, you guys can kiss my piss. Before you didn't do we the get... dance. Oh, yeah, I'll do true. the dance. It's not as uh, entertaining you're, you're for the people so I'm listening. Natural at doing it. What do we think of the finale? Let's start with them. Okay, them. Well, I can go. I just did. Nate's. You just call us you people. <laughs> I don't want to be a buzzkill. I, I don't sure if this finale quite lived up to the hype for me. And I don't know what you guys thought, but okay. I mean, that? I liked it as a contained episode. Um, but it felt like you could have they could have done literally anything the rest of the season and then had this episode at the end and it's I mean there's a few things obviously that relate to other things that happen but it doesn't feel like a here's tying all these pieces together it's just like hey there's a bunch of stuff that's going on forget about all that here's what's happening right now here's a time jump here's all this stuff it, it felt to me almost like it was like an interlude almost between seasons because they're definitely they're clearly going in a different I don't want to say different direction, but the show is evolving. And just like how we saw this time, them getting out of the house and getting their new room, obviously at the end they've got an even bigger space and they've got the platform finally running. So the show's got to take a pretty drastic turn because they can't do the, well, we're waiting to get our company. Like I said, it's done. Everything's done. Christian? Uh, I thought it was all right because uh, they managed to tie things together pretty well. And when, you know, based on our predictions from last week, I I felt like I knew where the story was going. I knew that he was going to go to Gavin's house. And I was pleasantly surprised that he tried to screw uh, everyone and then got screwed himself. Uh, I think uh, Gavin's arc for this season, maybe if you look at the last two seasons, has actually been just fascinating and uh, very entertaining. And... uh, I, I think that it actually surprisingly tied up enough things from the whole season that I was pretty happy. I was I still don't know that I, I really feel like we got the Tesla payoff, but at least at least there was something. There was an attempt at trying to pay it off because uh, there was the whole season was was like an infomercial for Tesla, really. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I think the third act really did tie together a lot of the seeds that were planted during the development of this final episode, but I just I just honestly didn't find myself laughing as much as I would hope I would be. I felt like in some ways I could have been watching an episode of like Halt and Catch Fire. Like it was this very, hmm. um, like I felt like I was watching an exciting narrative with high stakes. But when you think of like other episodes like this, like Huli Khan or like um, Mean Jerk Reaction, I just feel like there's more jokes that are really easily integrated into the stakes. Whereas with this, it was just like, got to make sure this happens and do this. And there was a lot of chaos for me, but not a lot of comedy. That's kind of how I felt. Hmm. Fair enough. I overall appreciate it as an episode, but you know, when, the the kiss my piss in particular, <laughs> the way they they played that, it was so subtly done, and for so such great effect. Whereas the Tesla, it was just so much in your face that mm-hmm. I wish the rest of the season was had that uh, knowledge to sort of parse it down a little bit. 
Yeah, I feel like I didn't exactly feel like Silicon Valley was leaning into its identity during this episode. Like, I felt like I was sort of watching the plot-driven version of Silicon Valley, but also the broad version of Silicon Valley, but then also, like, the subtle, more season one version of Silicon Valley. And I don't know, I, I still, I love the show, obviously, but I just felt like this episode was a bit confused about exactly what it wanted to do. Fair enough. Well, we'll certainly get into all of that. And as always, we do have our news and gossip. We have so much news and gossip because... The, the, because of the finale, there's there's just a ton being written out about it, so we want to give as much coverage as we can. So we will skip Silicon Valley in real life today. I know it's Jeff's favorite segment. Unfortunately, yes. we, we are cutting it for time. It got a little too real this week, I think. <laughs> too real, exactly. It did, it did. Uh, so, and and we'll we'll give predictions for season six as well, albeit it's, it's a while away. I just wanted to start off very simply... First off, our assistant, Holden. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. On your happy price, Priceline. The effect that Jared has had on it. I, I don't want to spend too much time, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on what the end result of his tutelage has been. Uh, I like the observation Gilfoyle had. Wow, that Jared broke him, and how like maybe just the last five minutes of the episode, Monica seems to basically be like the the den mother, the babysitter, and like having to like get him down off of things, which I think was a really funny dynamic that I didn't see coming. But uh, yeah, I just love how he just yells about everything. I, don't, I thought it was funny for a character that had a very different note, even as recently as last week. I thought it was kind of kind of funny to see just just what can happen when Donald slash Jared gets his hands on you. Fair enough. Anyone have a differing or an additional opinion to it? All right. Uh, I was not it. here. I was not here when you guys had our, our lovely special guest, but they did have a romance, and then we get the repercussions of that romance not blossoming as what we might have expected. So I want to get, get you guys' first-hand take on that since you guys actually got to meet him. That was one of my favorite things in the episode was, you know, not so much that they kissed, but then how just two months later, it just the constant, like, sniping and everything. <laughs> Look, anybody who's ever had an office uh, romance, sometimes they don't go well, let's be honest, and uh, to still have to work. I don't know. I thought it was the kind of uncomfortability that I, I appreciate from a show like this. And, uh, and you know, when they sat on the couch, they gave no indication that there was going to be anything fun like this for them to do the rest of it. They're like, yeah, you know, I think we're around the rest of the season. I think we're in all the episodes. So uh, good for them, you know, keeping it mum's a word. Absolutely. Now, the big shift from last episode, and now it comes to, to fruition here, is that Monica is a full-fledged Pied Piper employee. This is one of the jumping off points for this entire episode, because if it was not for Monica, none of, well, Pied Piper would not exist. Let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. So uh, I wanted to get your guys' perspective on Monica in this new role and how you guys are liking it. Well, I was thinking a lot about, after watching this episode, this season as a whole, and like what it's been like having Ehrlich on. And I think outside of like the stoner jokes and stuff like that, he filled a very important role of being the, you know, quote-unquote normal guy. Like, he kind of understood tech and what was mm. going on, but for the most part, he needed things explaining to him. But also, he pre he often presented a different perspective that the 
guys would never see because they're like in it. So I, I think that part of the reason why they're bringing Monica back, other, other than because she's a great uh, performer, a great character, I think she will be able to fill that role within the company and the group uh, very well. Because right now, especially with Early Gone, and like Jared has, Jared used to kind of be like that, but now he's a whole nother character. I think they will really benefit from having someone, just like in the finale, to go, this is great, but what about the coin what about this like and even i i just really love her character and the quip that she gives gilfoyle and he's like oh yeah we we've been she's like oh yeah we've been working on this and all night he's like we he's like, you're smoking my cigarettes bitch like <laughs> she's not taking any crap I, I just love having her around and the idea that she's going to be more and more involved yeah i think the show hasn't necessarily explored gender dynamics in silicon valley as much as it could it's a criticism the show gets so it'll be nice to see monica in the trenches with the guys i think it'll give the show opportunity not only for comedy but maybe some social commentary about men and women's roles in the valley and yeah monica doesn't take any crap so it'll be fun to see that play out presumably in next season i I feel like her bigger role is to be another check point for uh for for Richard, simply because, you know, as he goes through this, and we've debated how many times, is he an asshole, is he not? In fact, it's a huge debate that we'll get into a little bit later. But she she offers that perspective, and whereas before, I feel like, as truthful as she's been, she's always been held back by a certain self-preservation. Hmm. And now she, obviously the self-preservation is in favor of the company. So the two, two finally work together, and I, I, I respect that. Is there going to be a romance between her and Guilfoyle? Because that was one of the more... Yes, uh, I was going to save it for my predictions, but uh, definitely. 100%. I I like the way that he's like, I like you. You know, not... And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's the most romantic he's ever been. I, don't so. think, I read that the other way. I read uh, that's what I thought at first, but then when he tried to clarify, I think he was just saying like, I like you as a person, which is like not something that he would ever say to anyone. I think that's what he like. He's basically, you're smart. I like having you around. And then I think that's why he went, wait, like, not, like, because he's got, he still has his, I mean, I'm assuming he has his Satanist girlfriend. Remember, but they're in an open relationship. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. It is, yeah. I sort of, I don't mean to interrupt, Chris, I was going to say, I sort of viewed it as the show meta-commenting on its inability to infuse romance into the show. Like, it was even the writers being, like, showing us the joke of, like, here's what happens when we try to have a romantic moment. (laughs) Like, it just falls apart. It's so awkward. So I literally read it as the show commenting on itself, as a show that will never have romance. I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, I uh, I think that uh, that's an interesting take, and uh, you you might be right, but uh, I think that because they're such an unlikely pair, that uh, you know you never know you could see something actually happen there. They kind of look cute together. Yeah, <laughs> Dark like they hair? just spent all that time working together really intensely, close quarters. Sometimes you know, even even the the dark Satan every once in a while feels <laughs> the need to uh, spread a seed. Oh, it would be funny to see them like plumage. on a date. It's plumage, <laughs> exactly. It would be funny to see them on a date, or like even just getting coffee. Like I think when it would come down to actually having them talk about their personal lives. I can't imagine a ton of compatibility there. I don't want that because I don't think it would work out. And then we would get the plot of what the fallout and dealing with it in the office. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want that. Fair enough. Well, they, they do jumpstart the whole crux of the episode, which is the 51% attack. And for those interested, there is a great article on The Verge called uh, The Cryptocurrency Attack Featured on Silicon Valley is Real But Doesn't Work Quite Like That. So um, there are factions out there that do try to do this and rewrite certain rules and make these patches and so forth, but uh, not to the extent that 
was was highlighted here, and uh, I won't get too far into it, but it is an interesting read if you are interested. Uh, nonetheless, one of the things I could appreciate about this episode, you know, I, I know you had your, your gripes with it, Jeff, but overall, everyone was involved mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. the fixing of this one problem for F- Pied Piper. Even the fact that we're talking about these officers' romances, like even the minor characters, mm-hmm. everyone's on board to fix this. And uh, one of the things being, finally, it comes to a, to a great culmination for me, the Tesla joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one thing that can save this, because we have to get, get to um, uh, Colin, is ludicrous mode. Right. And I, what did you guys think of the journey of Jared and Dinesh? I like, uh, and I, I forget the character's name, but that she had put him on... Priyanka? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, on valet mode. I love that that's even a <laughs> setting. Uh, and uh, I thought that that was pretty great. And even when she's like, Jared has to drive. And he's like, no. And I don't know. I thought that uh, their dynamic was uh, actually really funny. And uh, it was a, it was definitely like a, a great... Uh, it was a great Dinesh moment, but when they're driving through wherever that campground is where Burning Man happens and Jared says, what, is, what exactly does he say? You said it before, Nate. Something like, do I, do I have to fucking kill you? No, Whatever. Oh, you no. want to fucking die today? That's what <laughs> it is. That, that, I mean, so many great Jared lines this season, but just the way he said it in, in the moment, I'm like, that's a great Jared line. And, and I mean, that's a great Dinesh response, too. Yeah, like, hey, yeah. it's not a real death threat, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely thought the Tesla thing went on too long this season, but it, at least it, it had a funny ending. Yeah, you know? at least I it mean, was leading towards something. Yeah, definitely. Something, it's funny, I, I have to applaud the way everyone was used. It was a very clean episode, but in some ways, in that way, it felt a little manufactured to me. Like, the way a writer's room would make sure every piece of the puzzle fits perfectly. And I think the thing I normally love about Silicon Valley finales is the surprise component. Like in Mean Jerk Time, the seemingly mechanical episode of TV becomes a masturbation joke. I don't feel like there was a ton of moments where I was shocked during this finale. And I think I would have loved a moment of genuine surprise rather than feeling like everything is sort of playing out as it should. I don't know. I don't know. The the genuine surprise for me, I don't know about you guys, came... For the simple fact that Christian and I had predicted that Gavin and Richard would have to work together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two seconds into it, Gavin screws him over and is making ice cream. Right. So that's, to me, I, I, I wish, I'm like you, I wish there were a couple more surprises, but yeah. nonetheless, that was the biggest for me, and it's I was shocked. For me, that it didn't surprise me that Gavin double-crossed him. What surprised me was that, that Richard, that he did the whole thing with delaying, because I thought he was really about to sign the company over, and then the next season was going to be him working for Piper Tech under somebody else. Right. I thought that's really where they were going to go, so the surprise that he actually, Richard actually did something, made made a decision <laughs> to do something, and actually followed through with it, that was a surprise for me. That was I, like the most CEO leader, smart guy, savvy move, I, I mean, I've ever seen him make. I thought for about a second that he was signing it over, and then I'm like, I feel like Richard's going to screw him over because there's very few people that Richard seems to really dislike, except for you know telling Colin to kiss his piss. Right. But other than that, so I I, I think that uh, it, it was it was nice that there were several there were several uh, like role reversals as that storyline pr- played out, which I, I thought was fun, and you know how Laurie was fairly no, non-committal and non except ha- how uncomfortable the dance made her that she was watching on on Hooli Chat. I almost called it Skype. I'm sorry. Sorry. Well, what was interesting, the fact that Gavin, if you rewatch, he took the paper, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised that Richard, that he wouldn't, like, put it face down. He, in essence, he, he should have been able to read Kiss My Piss from yeah. the moment he grabbed it. 
but he didn't. Um, which I thought one of the one of the interesting aspects for me is how Richard does interact with the the various CEOs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're, we're talking about the final two, but but all of this gets started with Colin, and I thought. I'm surprised that Richard, mainly because, as Collins explained, like, you you know, I was ousted by Lori. I thought him of all people, he's been there and done that and would have sympathized with him. I think Richard's pettiness, though, is something that, if it ever gets cured, won't happen until the very end of the show. Like, it just feels like such a central part of his character is just being unnecessarily petty. And that conversation kind of happens between him and Monica. And Monica literally has to convince Richard that he's not an asshole. I'm really finding myself not liking Richard. And I don't know if I... To be honest, I don't know if I'm like Thomas Middleditch. And I don't know if how much of it is my dislike for Richard and how much of it is I'm not enjoying the performance. But I, if it wasn't for Monica and Guilfoyle and Dinesh and all the other mm-hmm. great characters in the show, I would not watch the show for just Richard. I think I just don't like his commercials, and that makes me like him less. <laughs> <laughs> I think... To me, it's just the way Richard was written this season. Like, I feel like we need... We've seen a lot of development with Richard's character. Like, last season we talked about how much more physical his performance became, and I actually really liked Richard last season. I just feel like we haven't gotten enough unique shades of who he is as a character to stay invested, and yeah, I think there could be some arguments made that maybe Richard's development as a character needs to be pushed a little further next season. Yeah, I feel like he's been pretty one-note for a while now. Yeah. And especially when we've gotten this great development of all the other characters, mm-hmm. it feels weird that our, you know, quote-unquote lead is kind of this kind of one-note thing that does the same thing over and over again, and everybody else just kind of operates and changes around him, but it's he's making the I, same I decisions. Think- Go ahead, Chris. Well, I was just going to say, for me, probably one of the least funny things that happened in the whole episode was at the very end that he threw up again at the end. Because yeah. I'm like, all right, we get it. Yeah. You know, I, it's just not funny anymore. It has nothing to, like, look, vomit can be funny, anybody that's ever watched Family Guy. But, uh, you know, I was just like, okay, you know, so it'd be great if he can still be mostly the same next season. It'd just be nice to, to like, sort of play on what uh, Nate's saying. Just a little something different. I, I'd like, I don't know what it is. Well, but. This, this sort of opens it up a little bit. In, in terms of how we can contextualize it beyond just this one episode, but that's kind of pretty much the same note that season one was. Monica delivers him, like, isn't it going to be exciting? You're going to have employees, you're going to be blah, 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 and then he goes and throws up. So, And yet it's supposed to be this high, happy note. We get that same here. And for the most part, it's gone, you know, happy season finale, low season finale. Happy, low, happy. Right. And, you know, when you say he's kind of one note, it's interesting to me he teeters between two notes of confidence and then not like Mm -hmm. he had so much trouble in the, in the opening episodes of talking to his employees. And yet right after they got rid of action, Jack Barker, he (laughs) fires the entire sales team as if it's not a big deal. Yeah. And so it's interesting how he's able to do one thing well and then not another, depending on the situation, the comedic effect of the show. I would say his one note is how he actually does consistently go back and forth between these two modes. You know, there is no third mode for Richard. These are the only things that he can do. He can't react any differently. And usually it's just all very awkward. I think he just needs more personality traits because really it's just he's a genius. He's awkward. And he wants to, you know, reinvent technology with his with his algorithm, and that's kind of like all of his character. And there's not within that there's o- there's only so much to go with. And I felt like a lot of what they've tried to do with growing with him is like what we saw earlier of him make figuring out what he can apply the algorithm to to something that's bigger that gives him almost like a purpose for his life. But mm. now that he's essentially achieved that, he's still growing it. 
hopefully that is something they talk about is like well what does he do now how does he keep it up but it's just for me he's just getting old i have a thought for how richard can better himself you correct look at you want to have fun learn and grow in all areas of your life for those who do richard hendrix have we got the podcast for you conversations with maria menounos podcast edition is hosted by our AfterBuzz tv founder and drops every friday on itunes conversations with maria menounos features celebrity and influencer interviews along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of your life from health and wellness to career relationships finances and more let our maria be the big sister you've always wanted just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos for free. Be sure to rate and comment. And when you do, let Maria know it was us that sent you. Conversations with Maria Menounos Podcast Edition. Check it out. I actually think Richard would be much more well-rounded if he would listen to Maria's podcast. Just like five-minute. Like, Monica maybe. listens. Yes. I bet Monica does listen. And it's not just because she's a girl. No. I, I think that uh, she, yeah, it's right up her own. Absolutely. That's right. And that's not me being right. Remember when Jared was trying to make the two to Monica and whatever the other girl be friends. Oh, yeah. Forgot. It's time for a rewatch. Yes. Uh, so many, so many good things. Uh, as as a season overall, where do you think it stands up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think each season has been. Uh, I, I I've liked less than the previous one. I still like it. I like it very much. I really liked season one. I still think it's good. I'm excited for next season, but. It's just not new anymore, so I think that it just has that effect. I mean, there's a lot of seasons at this point, you know. So um, I think it's all right and uh, very funny at times. But uh, I I would like to see something. I don't know. It'd be great to see things uh, shaken up a little bit next year. And the idea that they're going to have this big workspace with potentially, you know, this year we had a bunch of other employees, which I think was nice. And now if there's literally hundreds of different people, there's so many things you can do with that. And I think that they wouldn't lose our our core group, you know. So I, I think that uh, I don't. I think that the the future is bright. For yeah, the show. I think we got to see them interact with new people. Like, like <clears throat> one of the funny things for me, Lori, the, you know, she ends last episode saying, "I I want to work with people that that understand me," and yet that guy's like. Uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to read you emotionally or whatever he well, says. He says, she said that she wants, she, you should work with people that share the same ethics. Values. Values. Synonyms. Yeah. Fair enough. But the fact that he was still equally confused and just even on that Huli chat session, he was like, yeah. She's like, how do we proceed? And then he's like looking at her, because we like it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what you're saying, right? Because yeah. we like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, Christian. You mentioned that this season it was nice to see all the other employees, but I don't feel like we got a lot with them. I mean, we got a lot with um, Becky and Danny, but even so... I'm so glad you remembered their names. I know. In person, Chris and Rachel. But I just wish, I don't know, given the fact that we had the opportunity to explore so many new things, this season felt kind of samey to me. Uh, We got Holden. We got Colin and the Octopipers. We got got a few... I just, when I think of other guest stars, like Russ Henneman, I just don't feel like the guest stars really popped this season. And I, I think... If you're if you're going to introduce new characters, normally this show does such a good job of making them so capital J jokey in a way that I like. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily feel like in the writing, the new characters we got this season necessarily, besides um, like propelling the plot, gave us a ton of comedy. Mm-hmm. So I would love some really funny employees next year. Yeah, I think I, I kind of agree with what you said in terms of like the quality of the seasons. I, it's I don't think it's a bad show by any means, but I definitely. It, ranking the seasons in my head, the earlier seasons are are better, 
And I think looking at this season in the full scope of how it is now, we'll have to wait for the next one to yeah. see if I'm right. But I, I, it feels to me like they they really wanted, they understood that the biggest complaint about the show is things are the same. They were keep repeating the same try something fail cycle. So I think this season was helping them transition into something new, almost like a fresh start. And that's why it was short and kind of succinct and just kind of like, look, this happened. They had this. They finally launched their stuff. Now we now we can get to what we want to talk about and get more change and get this big corporate environment where we can have different departments meeting and all this drama yeah, and stuff but, to deal with. But I worry. Well, I'll save for, for predictions. Let's get to let's get to some news and gossip, shall we? This okay. time around. After Buzz TV News. Our news reporter, Christian Blatt, is reading the news today. That's right. Over here at the news desk, uh, Alec Berg speaks to his commitment for the show on how it could go well beyond season six. This was on the website Geeky Tyrant. Geek Tyrant. I uh, was definitely going to say the wrong thing. GeekTyrant.com. He says he feels like it definitely could. That's not to say it will. And this is a direct quote. But also, the flip of that is that writing-wise, I always treat every season like it's the last season. There's nothing we had that we held back. If we have a great idea, it goes in the show. It's not as if we don't have outlines written for season six or season six and seven. We just figure it out as we go. So uh, it seems like, you know, I mean, sure, as long as everybody involved wants to make it and the quality stays good, you could certainly do several more years of, of the show. You could even you could even phase out some of these characters. You could have a Silicon Valley, the next generation. Mm. You know? <laughs> so um, I don't know. Uh, are you guys excited at the idea that uh, we could get, you know, six, seven, eight seasons or does it sound too many at that point? I mean, I'm like you, and this is kind of just a different version of some of the news we had earlier, you know, where where Mike Judge said the same thing, like he'd love to see it for 12 seasons. So I'm down for that as long as it continues to be fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I still like the show. So even, yeah, I definitely even, like the show. I think, com- quote, complaining about this show, it's one of the best comedies on TV, which means even a mediocre season of Silicon Valley is much better than most of what's on TV. We hold it to a high standard. We do hold it, because yeah. you have to show. Yeah, yeah. the show just, holds itself too high. Like, right. It just raised the bar so high. Exactly. That... Look, it's no Kevin can wait, but it does all right for <laughs> itself. Uh, Guilfoyle's presentation has been released. Uh, BusinessInsider.com. Uh, Phil, I think you understand how they got a hold of this. I didn't quite grasp the concept as to what they got but I think uh, Juliet I think we're going to just sort of cycle through it for people yeah, watching I mean, on YouTube overall they HBO like I, I think they looked at it and was like okay we made this presentation why not release it to the world and who better than perhaps Business Insider to give it to and so they, they released the various slides it's actually quite in depth and if you're interested in cryptocurrency I you know, it, it as far as the detail and so forth, it, it does bode <laughs> well. Um, Guilfoyle breaks up into five parts overall, kind of where Marty started from, culminating into the the why P- Pied Piper needs a cryptocurrency, and so it's a. Uh, I enjoyed it. And the interesting thing is that apparently they were inspired to do the slide presentation after the season five writers received. Uh, a talk from Henry Berg, who is an engineer and Bitcoin guru. He's credited at the end of the slideshow. He also happens to be the brother of so- showrunner Alec Berg. Huh. So uh, I think that uh, hmm. that's pretty funny. Yeah, it's good to, that he gets credit, you yeah. know, for, for his work. Uh, also in the news, uh, where Kiss My Piss came from. 
Uh, Alec Berg says it was just one of those things where we liked that Richard did what for him was a badass thing. I think it was one of those things where somebody just pitched it in the room and it's like this lame thing he would say and we all laughed and put it in. And uh, Alec gives credit to uh, Thomas Middleditch for actually being a much better physical comedian than he gets credit for. Credit for. He mentions that a couple years ago there was a scene where he kicked a hole in the door. <laughs> and that was, to me, that's probably, that's the funniest physical comedy, I think, in the whole the whole series, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, the dance was uncomfortable to watch, but in a way where it was very funny. So I, I agree with Laurie, though. It was, you know, please stop doing that. <laughs> uh, according to Huffington Post, this is good news for our own Jared, Jeff Graham, uh, Zach Woods is the MVP of Silicon Valley. Yes. So uh, and they, they have and, their reasons, but overall, yeah. I just like the fact that they named him MVP. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Entertainment Weekly speaks to Alec Bird about how he was nervous about this season, uh, and the, I guess the season finale in particular. He was just nervous about where the season was taking us. I guess dealing with the cryptocurrency. Uh, but that article is on Entertainment Weekly. So if you want to know more. Go there. You know, hey, that's EW.com. Apparently, it's also something that can, you know, come in the mail and you can hold it, but I don't understand what that word magazine <laughs> means. Uh, and uh, one, uh, there's two more stories. The cryptocurrency attack featured on Silicon Valley is real, but it doesn't work like that. I clicked on this link on The Verge. I still don't understand how it works. <laughs> I didn't understand how it worked on the show. I just kind of nodded and, and smiled. Um, but uh, if so, if you want to know more of that. But, uh, and I think uh, this other side of the news desk has this story. T.J. Miller could have been on a different show. Uh, also, one one winding things down uh, this season. <clears throat> you guys New Girl fans? Any nope. of you guys watch that show? I watch it with my wife, yeah. I like New Girl. And uh, apparently Schmidt, who's played by Max Greenfield, was almost T.J. Miller. I can't imagine it. It would have been different, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I've come to love Max Greenfield's portrayal of Schmidt. I think, to me, he's the highlight of that show. Um, maybe, arguably, in the same way that Ehrlich was for Silicon Valley. So... I, uh, I'm glad it stayed as it was, um, but funny to think about a world in which T.J. Miller plays Schmidt. Right. Uh, there's a specific thing, though, that uh, Zoe Deschanel says about his audition. Uh, he insisted he wanted to read for the part of Schmidt, and Schmidt had this scene where he took off his shirt. He was like, this T.J. Miller was like, excuse me for a second. So he walked out, came back to set with his shirt off, and he completely covered himself in an entire bottle of baby oil. And then Zoe Deschanel adds, so that was memorable. <laughs> but uh, I think we, we've all seen enough of uh, T.J. Miller that we can kind of imagine. Yeah, I could see him doing that, uh, doing that for the laugh. Yep. So uh, anyway. And uh, I believe that was our, our news and gossip. But uh, we'll, we'll keep our eyes peeled. And, uh, you know, we'll share it via social media, anything else that comes along before next season. That is. So speaking of which, let's get into the season six predictions. Because there is a season six. And now... You're After Buzz TV predictions. For those of you who don't follow our after show quite as closely, we did report that Barry and Silicon Valley are returning around spring 2019. Uh, one of the, I, let me kick you guys off. Uh, hopefully, this will be a nice jumping-off point. One of the things I thought of, as far as repeating, the uh, Lori mentions that there's going to be a lot of government personnel that they need to interact with, right? So to me, that's a almost the same repeat of season two when we have the lawsuit. Mm. So I'm kind of nervous about how they could play that a little bit differently. Um, and also for a lot of people out there that perhaps doubt cryptocurrency, the whole 51% thing gives me more doubt about cryptocurrency, the fact that people can just, oh, you know. Do something with fifty-one percent majority mm. stake. 
Yeah, and I think this episode definitely tells us why uh, a new internet is not something that's happening anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, interesting about the government interaction. I'm actually looking forward to that. I think part of my gripe with this season is that we were so immersed specifically in the world of Silicon Valley all the time. Whereas I think this show is sort of fun when we get more outside players involved, like what you mentioned with Ehrlich, even just being a straight man to the world of these nerds. So I think bringing in other suits who aren't necessarily Silicon Valley execs could be an interesting way to sort of shake up maybe the sameness of what we saw this season. Um, I don't know. I am looking forward to Monica being more involved in the day-to-day with the guys. And I hope the show leans more into the opportunities involved with having actual other employees outside of our four main guys. Obviously, they're the lifeblood of the show, but I think in general it might have just been a bit of a Richard-heavy season. Maybe we're not sick of Richard. We're just sick of seeing so much of Richard. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to more maybe rounder, well-developed outside characters in the in the company. Uh, for next season, I'm looking forward to uh, Guilfoyle and Monica and expect them to have a baby before the end of the year. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think uh, that'll be good. And uh, I also think, I, as I was just about to say that, I was thinking that it'd actually be really funny if uh, Dinesh and what, what was the, the girl he, he yeah. gets a tell the girl he gets a Tesla for. Oh, just Priyanka. because of that weird relationship that he was like buying her stuff, that would be funny if more if he decides that he likes her. Yeah. Not yeah. not if she's even remotely interested, but uh, if he's just like, come on, I bought you a car. That would be funny, but yeah, I, I, the reason why I, I appreciate the fact that you said she wouldn't because remember in the phone, she's like, ew, no. Yeah, I know, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so. which, which was a great moment. Uh, so, uh, and then my final thought is uh, there were some great, not enough big head this season, but when he was there, he really shone uh, with the ice machine in this episode, and just him really focused on how the only concern was the fact that, like, no, Jin Yang can move back into the house. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing more Jin Yang, by the way. I like the idea that all he wanted to do was just move back into the house. Absolutely. Nate? You guys really didn't leave me a lot left to uh, <laughs> predict. Oh, there's so much left to predict. I have so many questions for you, in fact. Um, I think... I don't know. I'm excited to see the to see what Gavin's going to do because this is obviously not the last we're going to see of him. And then also, Laurie and Yao, they're not just going to sit down too. So now that Laurie is like fully not not only not on the team but basically an enemy now, I'm excited to see how that plays out. And I hope next season we get more of this kind of Richard in this world with these big players. Uh, actually, like being a big player himself, not just kind of being along for the ride. That was one of the cool things I liked about that last scene was that we finally see we see Yao, we, you know, we see all of these big mm-hmm. players together. And Richard normally is either there like learning or he's just like he's working under somebody else. And we actually got to see him, you know, be a manipulator himself and kind of maneuver around these other people and be like, haha, you thought you won, you didn't. So I'd like to see more of that. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm just really excited to get more Monica in the office. Being like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. And Gilfoyle and Dinesh are, you know, pissing on each other. And more Holden. And kissing it. More Holden. I don't want me. more Holden. I, <laughs> I want Holden to, I want there to be like a, like a grave or something. It like, it's like a mystery that Holden just like disappears. And, and blood on Jared's door. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did that get there? Oh, I just don't know. Yeah. Fair enough. I would love it. I, if they recycled this joke, I wouldn't mind where uh, Monica and Gilfoyle like all of a sudden had a kid, and like Richard was like, "Wait, I didn't know." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, that that is the season. Speaking of Gavin, I did. That was going to be one of my questions. So I'm glad you got brought up good old Gavin because ultimately, who knows? Is he going to? Is Huli going to be bought by Amazon and Jeff fucking Bezos? Jeff fucking Bezos. If Gavin comes back next season, I do hope that he's more directly involved with the guys. I think part of my frustration with this season was Gavin operated in his own sat his sphere for seven episodes. The only time we really had interaction was this finale. In the first one. I guess in also the premiere, yeah. but for only 25% of the episodes to actually feature the characters interacting, I want more of them together, I think. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, uh, and I am excited to have Jin Yang back as well, something we didn't quite talk about, but uh, nonetheless, that is happening. So we've got quite a long while to go. Thank you guys for journeying us with, with us for this season. And you know what? As... As you guys catch up, perhaps you haven't seen all the episodes and now you're finally getting around to it, let us know all your comments. We'll we'll check back in throughout the year, respond, and so forth. We love you guys as fans, and, you know, that's a beautiful thing. In the meantime, we've got a whole year to fill, and uh, you guys can interact with us on other platforms. Jeff, where can people follow you? Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham. Shout me out there. I want to just give credit real quick to Alec Berg, who also wrote and directed the finale of Barry last night. One more time, if you're not watching that show, it is really, really good. So check out Barry, which airs in the same block with Silicon Valley. But yeah, guys, connect with me on Twitter. I'll be there, and I'd love to talk about the show with you. Next time we see Jeff, he will be a married man. That's true. Hopefully. Wow. Hopefully, I know. If we make it six months, we will still be married. So I don't know. I think there's a movie called Runaway Bride. You can follow me <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ, and you can find uh, Phil Svitek, and I almost just called you Svitek, every other Wednesday for the South Park After Show. But, you know, it's almost time for the new season. Well, there's only like five more months till the season starts. Uh, and uh, you can find me on a bunch of other shows, including Marvel TV Weekly Sundays at 10 p.m. at our new time slot. Uh, what's up, guys? My name's Nate Miller. You can find me on all social media, Dog Like Nate. Hit me up on uh, Twitter, Instagram. We can talk about shows. If you are a gamer, uh, in an hour from now, we will be doing the inventory full PT Twitch stream. Uh, tune into that. And if you watch Westworld, uh, we do that after show at 8 o'clock every Sunday. Come check it out. We uh, break down all the theories and stuff. Absolutely. And check out other AfterBuzz TV shows. I'm Phil Svitek, and you can always go to philsvitek.com for all my stuff. Thank you guys for a wonderful, wonderful season. We'll see you back for season six. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. It's my piss. piss. I'm buzzy later. <laughs>